today. Hamas and Israel say they're open to extending a truce as more hostages are released. Elon Musk is in Israel after a backlash over anti-Semitism on X. Donald Trump pledges to go even harder on immigration, while some migrants decide a life in Mexico is better than the American dream. It's Monday, November 27th. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes, every weekday. I'm Kim Vanell in London. It's been a weekend of high emotion and longed-for reunions. Hamas have released 58 hostages held in Gaza since a truce began on Friday. In return, Israel allowed some aid into the besieged enclave and freed 117 Palestinian prisoners. President Joe Biden welcomed the release of a four-year-old American girl whose parents were killed in the Hamas raids on October 7th. And he said he hoped the temporary truce could be extended to get more hostages out. That's my goal. That's our goal, to keep this pause going beyond tomorrow so that we can continue to see more hostages come out and surge more humanitarian relief into those in, who are in need in Gaza. Among those freed was nine-year-old Irish-Israeli girl Emily Hand, who spent her birthday in captivity. Her father, Tom, was initially told she'd been killed in the kibbutz. Now reunited, he's planning the best party ever for his daughter. I'll spend all my money, every penny I've got to, give her, give her, give her fun to make up for everything she's lost and everything she's, she's going through. Yeah, I'm going to give her the world. In the occupied West Bank, crowds celebrated the reciprocal release of Palestinian prisoners from Israeli prison. One of those released was Kusai Takatka, who said it was indescribable to be free after a year. His mother Hanan said it was the best feeling in the world to have him at the breakfast table rather than an empty chair, but that her joy is not complete because of all the children who've died in Gaza. Hamas and Israel say they'll extend the pause in fighting if more people on either side were released. But Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu also says at the end of the truce, Israel will resume its campaign to eliminate Hamas. Howard Goller is in Jerusalem. So, Howard, is it looking like the truce will be extended beyond today? All signs point to yes. The Hamas and Israeli leaders are saying they're interested in continuing the swap of prisoners, Palestinians, and the release of hostages held by Hamas. Netanyahu has faced a huge wave of criticism over the October 7th attacks. How secure is his position now? That's a good question. It's pretty clear that Israelis of the left and of the right, those who favor him and those who don't, see this as most likely his last chapter in the Israeli political sphere. He may well remain in power. There are no elections for three years, and that could be the case. But there is increasing pressure on him whatever time this happens to leave office. 
Meanwhile, Elon Musk is in Israel. What's he doing there? So he will be seeing Israeli President Isaac Herzog, who has said that he's there for two reasons. One is to meet some of the families of the hostages who have been held in Gaza now for more than 50 days, and also to talk about the problem of anti-Semitism, which, as you know, as the owner of the social media site formerly known as Twitter, but called X, he has faced quite a bit of criticism over the months from civil rights groups that say he has contributed to this. Elon Musk has denied that. A suspect has been arrested in the shooting of three college students of Palestinian descent in Vermont. A man with a pistol wounded the three victims on Saturday evening in an attack police are investigating as a possible hate crime. Most of the leaders of an attack on a military barracks in Sierra Leone have been arrested. Gunfire was earlier heard across the city as the assailants attacked a prison and a police station. Pope Francis is on antibiotics for lung inflammation and is in good and stable condition, according to the Vatican. An aide read the pontiff's Sunday message and he will limit his activities for the next few days. It's time now for markets and it's the biggest online shopping day in the US today. Carmel Crimmins is here to tell us how things are looking. So this could be a record day with potentially $12 billion worth of deals done online. Just like Black Friday, we're expecting to see heavy discounting. Amazon began marketing its Cyber Monday deals as early as Saturday and Walmart slashed prices on Sunday night. The indications from Black Friday was that things were subdued. MasterCard Spending Pulse, which measures sales in stores and online, says sales rose 2.5% on Friday. So retailers will be hoping that Cyber Monday will give them a boost. Donald Trump has made immigration a centerpiece of his re-election campaign. And the former president is campaigning on a promise to go even further than he did the first time around. Ted Hessen has the story. What he's pledging to do, he says, would be the biggest deportation operation in U.S. history. The scale of that is unclear. I mean, it could involve removing or attempting to remove millions of people from the country. That said, there are limited resources for it. So the question would be whether he can access more money, more funding. At the same time, he's taking steps to restrict legal immigration. And one thing this time around that he said he's pledging to do is to push to roll back what's called birthright citizenship, which is essentially if a person is born in the U.S., they're entitled to U.S. citizenship, even if their parent was in the country illegally at the time. And President Trump is saying that people born in those circumstances should not be entitled to citizenship and that he would issue an executive order to try and undo what has been a longstanding constitutional right here in the U.S. And what about bringing back what was arguably his most controversial policy of separating families at the border? At a town hall with CNN in May, Trump was asked repeatedly whether he would re-implement the family separation policy, which is known as zero tolerance, and he refused to rule it out. Can you remind us of how that policy worked out last time? The policy officially lasted for about three months before Trump himself actually ended it under really intense pressure. The policy in polling showed was very unpopular with Americans. One thing to keep in mind is that there are still 
possibly a thousand or maybe even more children currently separated from their parents from this. So it isn't something that resolved after Trump ended the policy. For years, the process has gone on to try and reunite children with their families, and it even continues today. While immigration remains a hot-button issue in the United States, south of the border, some migrants are revising their American dream. They're finding they can carve out a good life south of the Rio Grande. Laura Godestina visited a factory in Satillo, near the southernmost tip of Texas. Walter Benegas is a 28-year-old refugee from Honduras. He works at Pace Industries, which is a large metal die-casting manufacturer that has plants all across the United States and Mexico. Walter had spent more than a decade trying to escape the gangs that ruled his hometown in Honduras. He fled twice to the United States, first as a teenager and then in 2020. But both times he was deported. So in 2021, when he again received death threats against himself and his family, he and his partner and their child fled from Honduras. But their destination wasn't to the United States. It was to Mexico. For many, many years, Mexico was known as a country that sent migrants. But over the last five years, it's also become the destination country. What spurred the change? So Mexico has more than a million open jobs. Those are jobs that companies in manufacturing, in logistics, in services, they can't fill. So in recent years, more and more refugees, people who might have ultimately tried to make it into the United States, have decided to stay. We spoke to one Honduran refugee who after arriving in southern Mexico, he moved to the northern industrial city of Monterrey. He was scrolling on social media, and he saw scenes of children being swept away from their parents in the Rio Grande. And he got worried about his own two-year-old daughter. Then he started thinking about his mother, who's lived for years and years in Texas, but she's barely making ends meet. He soon realized there were jobs everywhere, and he started working at a convenience store. Then he upgraded to a factory, and then he upgraded again, first to a dishwasher and then to a cook at a P.F. Jang's. Now he's making about $225 a week, and he says he, his partner, and his two-year-old daughter are the happiest they've ever been. That's it for today's episode of Reuters World News. We'll be back tomorrow with our daily headline show. To make sure you know what's going on in the world, listen in for 10 minutes every weekday. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player or download the Reuters app.